You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how are you? I'm feeling good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Um, The NFL's back. It is. Uh, Jared Goff putting up numbers for the Detroit Lions, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately in defeat. I am I'm a little thrown off. You and I were talking uh, about Marvel stuff and then 8 Mile, which just blew my mind because I forgot Anthony Mackie was in 8 Mile. So I'm, I'm off my game a little bit, but it's uh, I'm going to be here just recalibrating and uh, be ready to go. We have so, so much to talk about. Like you said, the NFL is back. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to look at all of the relevant and interesting lines from week two in the National Football League. Uh, before we dig into that, sir, were there what were the big surprises of week one for you? Um, man, where do I start? The Patriots okay. losing. Yeah, the Patriots. The Patriots losing to Tua and the Miami Dolphins. And it not being the the bigger thing is the reverberations did not. Mm cause an implosion on football media we kind of like "Eh, i guess so i guess so how about how about famous Jameis five touchdowns and a 35 point win over the packers that would be one a um and a part of that would be geez does aaron Rodgers not care (laughs) it seems that way like that's the complete opposite of how i thought he would approach this Oh, yeah, no, I, I thought Aaron Rodgers was throwing for 450 yards this week. Yeah, I didn't think that he would come out and um, have we seen the likes of this? And what I'm trying to think of a, uh, I think a basketball athlete I've seen throw games in such a way. Uh, can't think of it now, but Ben Simmons. Ben, oh, <laughs> low blow, but you, you're the right person to make it. Yeah, well, Benjamin, well, yeah, we respected you. Well, your time's over in Philadelphia now, just as Aaron Rodgers' time. It's coming to a close at the end of the season in Green Bay. 15 to 28, 133, no touchdowns, two picks, only sacked once. Man, I I did not if if you would have told me, all right, uh one of the quarterbacks is going to throw for 300 or going to throw for 133 yards and two picks and the other one is going to complete 75% of his passes and throw five touchdowns, I would have guessed the other way. You would have been the sane man in the room because yeah, I can't believe it. And actually, yes, I'm cool with that. I would have guessed Jameis and Aaron if that was the stat line. We expected Jameis to do well. I didn't expect him to do so well in mm-hmm. general, but definitely not so well in week one. Well, think about this. You know, one in what? Every, one in every four pass attempts that Jameis Winston had in this game went for a touchdown. Wow. One in four. That's just that shouldn't. That's a video game stat, not a real NFL yeah, like stat. It's not. It's it's the importance of that is eluding me. It's so nuts. You have to. That happens to you in Madden. You have to turn the difficulty up because it's a little bit too easy for yeah, you. Yeah, this is not right. Yeah, this, this is right. not realistic. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Aaron Jones five carries for nine yards, one point eight a clip. Not exactly the potent offense the Green Bay Packers expected. And this is. Closer to the baseline of paying a running back and get get what you get after you pay him. Yeah. How about the Texans uh, just 
kicking the, the living crap out of Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, well, um, Urban Meyer is <laughs> woefully more unprepared than we could have chastised him for prior to mm-hmm. the season. And we chastised him quite a bit. Oh, like all the way. And shout out to Terod Taylor. And, and, and shame on me for underrating him consistently. He does this, though. He, he can control an offense and make it competent. And he won't, he won't become the great thing. But what we saw and didn't expect was an offense that, well, I guess, doesn't have a lot of weapons. But he carried that. And he, and he held it down. And he looked good. Yeah, high-end game manager is Tyrod Taylor. Didn't get a ton of help from the run game, although he benefited from them actually being able to stick with the run game because of the big uh, the big lead. Mark Ingram, 26 carries for 85 yards. On the other side, Trevor Lawrence, in his pro debut, throws the ball 51 times, 332 yards, three touchdowns, three picks. But worth pointing out, those last two touchdowns and about the last 125 yards or so were pure garbage time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can't, you know, grain of salt and all that stuff. But oh man, I just didn't see, I didn't see it coming. The Texans, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna do. It. I almost, I almost bit the apple, man. I'm not gonna do it. The Texans suck. The Texans, they do suck. And the yeah, line that we're gonna, it. the line we're gonna talk about in a little bit is gonna illustrate that uh, Bavada also thinks the Texans suck, but. Let's let's talk about your Detroit Lions. They uh, almost made it a real game there at the end. They lose thirty three to forty one to the Forty ers Now listen here, Chris yes, and sir. everyone. This this isn't me looking for or being afraid to accept a thing. This t- this is the outcome that is encouraging. Now I am not delusional here. Okay, I am not mm-hmm. delusional. What happened at the beginning and getting down thirty-one to I think ten? Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not the part I'm talking about. Sure, sure, sure. There was so much that could have prevented that. Mainly, you know, the interception. But what I was looking for is a rallying cry in the way of competence. One thing. I could pick out of that surge, that second half push is the energy created in the stadium and the follow-up of that energy. That is what's going to be muscle memory. That's what's going to be reps that count. That's the shift. Then you add on to the post-game interview and Dan Campbell not giving cliche, not giving, you know, overhype, but saying, look, our margin of error is this big. Very mm. fingers super close together. We can't do what we did today and this year and expect to be in games. So that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about and that's what we're gonna address. Thank you. We're not good enough to do what we did in the first half. And oh yeah, in the first half of that game. I love it. I think it's it's something that heads us in the right direction. And the end of the the end of the score is the score, you know, so it's a close game at the end. We don't we don't have the elite talent to win those type of games. But to put yourself in position to be in those games, now you're going to hopefully what we are going to see is doing that earlier. And now we're just Mm -hmm. those are the games we play. The Lions, you'll probably beat them or they might edge out a win, but it's going to be a hard fought Mm -hmm. game. And uh, you better you better be on top of yours if you're the opponent. 
Yeah, real pros and cons coming out of week one in Detroit. Goff looked reasonably good. Hawkinson looks like he's taken that step to where he's going to be one of the elite tight ends in the NFL. Eight catches, 97 yards on 10 targets, unlike the 19 targets Darren Waller got for 10 <laughs> catches in, in uh, Vegas. Uh, and Penny Sewell, playing his natural left tackle position, looked far more comfortable than we've ever seen him in a Lions uniform. Yep. So that's great. Highest rated uh, offensive line or offensive tackle per PFF week one for the rookie class. On the other hand, uh, the perennially disappointing Jeffrey Akuda now out for the season with an injury. <sighs> is it? Is it just? Do you think it's just time? Time has come and gone for Akuda in Detroit. It seems so, man, and it sucks because it's not his effort, um, man. So it's shocking. Young. He was, I thought he was one of the safest cornerback prospects to be a high level NFL player that I have seen in a very long time. Just a, a relatively flawless player at the college level. And not saying he's perfect, but no gaping weaknesses. Nothing that is going to concern you. Has the speed, has the size, has the physical ability, has the technical skills. And for whatever reason, it just has not translated. Yeah, the clicking, the moments that it clicks are t- too far far and in between i think he underestimates i think there's a mental gap there and it's not one that we typically see in our young players because it's not like a mental gap of immaturity yeah it's not being overly arrogant um there might maybe some sports psychology involved to be honest hmm. and uh now you're coupling it with a physical injury and you just don't get you just don't get quality results consistent enough to say, oh, this is the guy that we thought he was. And that's kind of where I sit with it. Like, all right, I could have saw I could I could still have seen him, you know, cross the horizon and become an elite guy, start to uh rack up his Pro Bowls in respect. But now with physical injury, man, that might that might be a wrap. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like the combination of uh, that player in that city is gonna work out. Uh Stop me if you heard this one before. <laughs> hey, uh, Roy Williams is—he's gonna. It's all gonna come together any day now. <laughs> what's uh, what's Charlie Rogers up to? Actually, probably better not to know that. Yeah. Uh, let's let's look at the games this week. The New York Football Giants head to Washington to take on Taylor Heineke and that Washington Football Team, and Bavada thinks so little of the Giants. That even with Heineke at the helm, the football team is minus three and a half. I mean, we're getting this weird press run. At least I'm getting it of saying Heineke's something. He may not be the thing, but he's something at the quarterback position. Bothering he's me. something, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's bothering me. Like, let's not do that thing. Uh, Fitzgerald, I, I'm, I'm Fitzpatrick. I'm I'm sad for him, mm-hmm. but whatever. I didn't buy in. I'm wondering I what did. they're going to actually do. This can't be the end all for for the red, for ooh for the football team. Well, well, when you catch yourself doing that, you can now say red wolves or red hogs. Ah, uh, yeah, like I'm 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 in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Giants are just that bad, and I uh, agree. the The Washington's defense disappointing a bit, I'd say, but the Giants are just. Ugh. And if if the Broncos were able to keep Judy healthy, it would have been even uglier. So 
uh, I just can't see it. Barkley looked terrible. I don't know if it's Barkley didn't yeah. do well. I won't say ten, ten carries for twenty six yards looked very tentative. A long of yeah. five five yards. Yeah, not helpful. Uh, the offense as a whole, and this is, I mean, we we're not shocked as to why the offense does not look like it knows what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll look directly to the sideline for that. So yeah, yeah, the Giants are a team that are gonna be in Jets territory as far as respect and production pretty soon, sooner than later. Yeah, I worry. I worry about Saquon. It just doesn't look like he trusts that leg yet. But that takes time. Uh, I will say that the Giants didn't get a heck of a lot of production out of their first round pick, Kadarius Tony. Two catches for negative two yards. I forgot he played. Yeah. Giants too. <laughs> I mean, he was literally a negative for the team. So. The Buffalo Bills coming off uh, a surprising week one loss. Head to Miami, who's coming off a, a, a tough week one win. Bavada has the Dolphins plus three and a half. Ooh. ooh, ooh. I mean, uh, I, I still don't know who the Dolphins are, Chris. Yeah. I don't know who the Dolphins are, but they're not bad. <laughs> they're not bad, man. So now I'm sitting here thinking, should I give them a chance against this Bills team who I think they fell victim to what the Steelers do? As opposed to this is who the Bills are. Like the Steelers can lull you into their game. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. And it's it, it, it's they're susceptible in week one. So what I'm going to do is is give the Bills some benefit here. And all things will add up, especially offensively. In a warm weather state, let's go Bills here all the way. Yeah, I'm, I'll be interested to watch the progression of Tua over the season because 16 for 27 for a touchdown and a pick, 202 yards, very game manager stuff from Tua. Much more than his his former backup who looked really good. You know, Mac Jones, third, uh, 29 to 39, 281 and a touchdown in his NFL debut, looked like the better of those two quarterbacks. Better coached, yes. But what do you mean? Brian Flores is a Bill Belichick disciple. Uh, I'm not even... So <laughs> don't try to bait me there, Chris, because I actually think Flores will rise to the top of whatever that list actually ends up being. Mm. But Flores will be one of the top top guys out of that list. But as far as turning guys around, especially at the quarterback position, I don't even think that's something that um, we're going to see. But, I mean, with, with, with what the Dolphins have to work with, I mean, they maximize Waddell I think mm-hmm. so I, it, it's gonna it's gonna come game managery not pushing against that that theory at all but it's gonna come also I need to know what the hell we're calling that guy he himself said his name was Waddell and yet Waddle was what was said time and time again uh Bob there you go via the the NFL uh the NFL programming so, like, I just, it's just going to be like a, a Tarod Taylor type thing where we just ignore what the gentleman's real name is. Uh, yeah. We're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. It's so easy. Who cares? Not who cares. Tupac cares and your mom cares, Jalen. But um, we're going to, we're going to probably mispronounce it in the heat of the moment. Just blame it on the heat of the moment. Changes. No name changes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to quote Tupac on the show, but 
Um, <laughs> sorry. sorry. I just want to. I just want to say hugging on my mama from a jail cell. That's you said it. Say. You said it. There you go. Uh, anyway, the Cincinnati Bengals head to Chicago to take on Andy Dalton and the Chicago Bears. Bavada has the Bears minus two and a half at home. So another surprising game for me. Uh, only really, really, when I sat with it, it's only surprising because Burrow was coming off an injury, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't say I'm not going to say they beat the um, the Vikings, but I would say that it's a better game than what I predicted. The Vikings are now that team that I was saying they were all last year. That's what they looked like. Yeah, and I don't know if they can overcome it. But speaking of the Bears. They're, they're, no matter what coaching staff they have, they're going to keep doing this thing at the quarterback position, huh? So hopefully they're not going to penalize themselves for making the right pick and uh, get Justin Fields on the field, and we're just going to have to deal with it. Everyone is, but he's the right guy for the position right now. Andy Dalton is who he is, will get you what we've all known he's going to get you. And mm-hmm. it's it's actually less production. It's playoff Dalton in the regular season now. So give me the Bengals here. As uh, this is the last straw for the Bears community, and then they'll go with Fields during slash after this game. Yeah, I mean that Rams defense is very good, but Andy Dalton twenty-seven to thirty-eight, two hundred six, no touchdowns and interception. Meanwhile, Justin Fields two hundred two, ten yards, also with a has a three-yard carry for a score. Just it's very clear he's the more dynamic player. I think I think the biggest problem for this Bears team. I don't know when the media decided Darnell Moody was going to be this year's big breakout player, but it's what we've been force-fed all preseason. He looked super ordinary. Mm -hmm. Five catches for 26 yards just did not look all that good. Mm -hmm. Allen Robinson almost looked like an afterthought. Former Philadelphia Eagle, uh, former Philadelphia Eagle that never was, I suppose, because he sat out that the year last year. Marquise Goodwin led the team in, uh, in yards with four catches, 45 yards. Yeah, that offense that was supposed to be ready to turn the corner and that Andy Dalton was going to manage and finally disperse the pill in the right way. Very, very cliche and pedestrian looking. Meanwhile, your guy, Matt Stafford, making an argument that he is the uh, the MVP favorite after one week in the National Football League. Look, man, I'm cool with this media there's a media storm i don't know what happened behind the scenes this offseason but everyone loves matt stafford now like he's not just a <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not, you know what it feels like chris it feels like when your favorite band is now popular and have crossed over and you're mm. like oh okay okay and now you're not even listening to their songs with the same love because you're looking over your shoulder at who else is listening that's how i feel a little bit right now after especially after week one but because it's Matt Stafford, and I do wish the best for him. MVP in the MVP running, it can be all the way until the Rams do that thing where they're not gonna they're not gonna over they're not gonna overcome what's the best of the NFC. They just won't do it. This Matt Stafford thing, what I compare it to, uh, the 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 reference I always make, I, I'm a Villanova guy, and you know we, we were lucky enough to have two national championships in three years. And back when I was living in Pennsylvania. For that first national championship, 
it was interesting with every game Villanova got further and further in the NCAA tournament, you started seeing more Villanova shirts and more Villanova banners and more Villanova flags being flung. Was this it's the just, Scotty Reynolds the, team you're talking about? Oh God, no, this, this is, uh, this is, uh, the Chris Jenkins and, um, and Archie Diakno. Gotcha. This is the, the big Chris Jenkins shot against North Carolina. Mm, yes. yes. Uh, Scotty Reynolds. That is that's a fascinating name. I know I know Scotty pretty well. Um, how like how is Scotty Reynolds your reference point? He was with the team for like two years. Because that team beat our team in uh, what was one of the worst officiated last four minutes of a basketball game, and it's not because I, it's my alma mater, but we we were beating. Villanova pretty uh we were controlling that. Wait, game. are we talking about Robert Morris? We're talking about Robert Morris. Holy shit, I don't remember that. It was an amazing time for us until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I don't remember. I do not remember that game. Yeah. Uh yeah, Scotty Scotty was uh in Villanova for two years. He came over from Oklahoma. Big time uh big time transfer. Probably the best of any of the transfers that, that anybody's done. Taylor King came over from Duke and he was just Ugh. allegedly on cocaine the whole time um allegedly is the big word there yeah but he did he did get busted for drugs that is not alleged yeah um yeah no the transfers haven't worked out but uh well we got a couple of justin uh the the, the caleb daniels is there from uh, Tulane right now be a big part of the team next year yeah, we'll see uh but hey we're not here to talk about villanova basketball as much as i would love to or robert morris basketball as much as i would love to <laughs> We're here to talk about the National Football League, and the next game on our docket is uh, the Denver Broncos. Your guy, Teddy Bridgewater, heads to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bavada has the Jaguars plus six points, plus six points. Uh, okay, I see. So right now, we're not really fully believing in the Broncos. That's okay, because the Jags are going to make believers out of everyone that's paying attention. This will be a, uh, This won't be a game that we can actually test, though. Who the Broncos are looking like. It's just going to be one of those things where the well-coached guys and their elite players will do what they need to do to win this game. So give me the Broncos here, the Jags. Uh, I mean, USC is open. So yeah. <laughs> yes. now, he says he's not interested. Yeah, he's not. Until he is. Until he, exactly. Until he like Art Modell-esque leaves in the middle of the night and just shows up wearing a USC <laughs> visor the next day. Give me the the video evidence of that and I will I will be okay. I won't even ridicule. I like the idea of him just pretending like he was never even the Jaguars coach and be like, "What do you mean? I've been coaching this team forever." <laughs> Keaton Slovis, baby. <laughs> That'd be one of my favorite things. Come on. Come on, Urban, do that for us. I mean, come on. Come on. You're going to quit anyway. Just just do it now. The Houston Texans travel to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, to take on Baker Mayfield and those Cleveland Browns. And Bavada has the Browns minus 12 and a half at home. Last week, Chris, I talked about how badly I would have loved for the Browns and the Chiefs to win that game so that mm. when, if they meet later in the season, it was one of those. Last week's game was the best I could hope for. Yeah. The Browns did what they had to do, established that belief in all of us, but the Chiefs are hard to beat. And the last minute interception, I'm going to go with the announcer's synopsis on that, that his footing prevented him from getting enough oomph 
to, yeah. to make a throwaway happen. Because trying to I, get I, it out of bounds. Tr- truth be told, and that's how I honestly feel, that I do believe Baker is above making that throw, trying to complete that pass. So I actually, that ex- excuse, that reasoning made sense to me. Because I just mm-hmm. the way he looked the entire game and then we're coupling with last year, there's no way that that is where he's at. So with that said, the Browns are upper upper AFC echelon, and uh, they're going to make that known this week against the Texans, who, like we said at the, at the top of the show, still suck. Yeah, it it took a, a rare mistake from maybe the most reliable player on that team to turn the tides in the favor of the Chiefs. If if Nick Chubb doesn't fumble that ball, the the, the Bronco, uh, Broncos, no, the Browns almost certainly go up, you know, in excess of two scores. And that game looks totally different. It looks and feels totally different. Can't say count them out with with how the fast the Chiefs score, but oh, of course, definitely, definitely more of a cementing for on the Browns' end, which is interesting for me because that's a mistake that we don't expect from Chubb. Yeah. But because it happened, it's like it. It also didn't feel like the same old Browns at the same time. So no, they look good. They look good. So I, I it's a fumble that is it was catastrophic, but doesn't feel like uh, a pinpoint or, or or a landmark in what is a, a downward trend. It just was, God damn it, you got to hold on to it. Type of mm. Yeah, it took that. It took the bad snap to Jamie Gillen and, and Jamie Gillen deciding he was oh, yeah. going to let his rugby skills take over and try and run for the first down on the bad snap for the punt rather than just kicking the ball away and taking what he could. It took the, as you said, the the unfortunate throw by Baker at the end, where he just didn't have enough on it. So there's a and and of course Odell wasn't playing. So that too. Also interesting. I feel like there was there was some gamesmanship going on by the Browns with the whole Odell thing, because you know they ruled him out allegedly because he worked out before the game and wasn't quite ready. Mm-hmm. But this week they've already ruled him out for this weekend. So I don't think there was any chance whatsoever Odell was ever going to play. Why'd they do that to us with the jog out and the test, quote unquote, and everything? I, I think they wanted the Chiefs to have to prepare for it. That's fine. That's fine. But what about us? That's true. No one considered us. I, I'm i in the same state as Stefanski. He couldn't have called me. He he should have called you. And I'm, I'm disappointed. But we're all, we're all disappointed in Kevin. I mean, so what are we expecting? 12 game season for Odell? Uh, I mean, they're, you know, who cares about game one, game two, especially when game two is the Texans. Mm -hmm. So I would think he probably sits out another week or two and he's playing week four or five. Yeah, that's right. You want that guy healthy. Absolutely. That's where I sit with it. I'm okay with it, I guess. And randomly, Anthony Schwartz was the highest rated rookie wide receiver by PFF in week one. Congrats, Anthony. Yeah. (laughs) Even though uh, you almost certainly should have scored a touchdown when you bobbled that deep ball. But, uh, hey, you know, you yeah, live, you I learn. Live, you learn. The, uh, a word we, did we have a pick here? Oh, yes, of course, the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders head to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Bavada has the Steelers minus five and a half at home. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Bavada here because the Raiders' win is is going to be one of the most misleading wins for the next couple of weeks if you're yeah. not paying close attention. What I mean by that is this is the focus should be on the Ravens uh, and, and how they lost that game. Las Vegas offensively, what? What? And I say that what in 
any in, in many directions. One, yeah. the high volume, low uh low percentage passes to Waller were mm-hmm. annoying me beyond belief, just on a critique level. Um Henry Ruggs I'm 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 starting to sniff Tavon and St. Louis vibes Very from much. that. Uh and it's 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 disappointing me, but whatever. Uh and it's just I, not it's not what it's it's supposed to be. It's not uh in sync like a John Gruden offense is. And I'm not seeing it changing. So give me the Steelers here who can control the front seven, um, who can make plays on the outside defensively, offensively. They still have to churn a little bit, but um their running game's gonna be serious. So give me the Steelers here. Well, and it's funny too with rugs because all we heard all training camp, and this just you know reiterates how anything coming out of any team's training camp is likely bullshit. Mm-hmm. That oh Henry Ruggs is he's a completely different player. He's put on weight. He looks like the best player on our offense. Two for forty six on five targets. I mean, so when he was targeted for that deep ball, and his job was to work physically, he could have got got small. Get his shoulder down, lean through. It's just it wasn't even real contact. And this is coming from a, a receiver that played at 170, 175 pounds. <laughs> like get so your really shoulder 165? down. Really, one sixty five. Get your shoulder down. Use your speed as your strength. And I'm talking about the minute that the DB, I can't remember who it was, went with his second uh, forearm. He just stumbled and then grabbed his calf. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, at least your calf is strained and you'll be out for the rest of the half. No, no, no. He came back to play the next series and was as fast as he looked. So it was a physicality thing. And I'm like, this is this is the thing that you can't teach and you can't coach out. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm disappointed in Rugs. Did you watch any of the Peyton and Eli multicast? So it took a lot of Twitter banter for me to muster the strength to grab my remote and see where this actually lied. And once I did, uh, there won't be a Monday night game that sees me in any other way. Yeah, okay. I agree with you with with a caveat. Hmm. I loved it. I watched it from the beginning. I, I recorded it, started watching it a little late, but I watched every, I watched every bit of it. Don't think, I thought they were a little over-reliant on guests. I don't think they need four guests. I think that's too much. I would have a guest first quarter, third quarter. Let the, let the ends of each half be just Peyton and Eli. Um, the caveat I was mentioning is I don't know that I would want to watch that when my team is playing. Ah, yes. For any other team, yes. And would I rec- the Eagles are on Monday Night Football in week three. I'll record the Peyton and Eli one and watch it afterwards, assuming, you know, the game isn't too terrible. But it was just crazy to me for how, you know, Alexa called it chaotic. And I I think that's accurate. But just the the random pearls of like incredible in-depth genius football knowledge that are just being thrown out like they're nothing during that telecast was unbelievable. I mean, that is Peyton. And and and, and kudos to Eli for getting out there in the world and and improving <laughs> that like I can do that too. It's in it's definitely in the the uh little Eli's version. It's yeah. definitely still that, but Eli is so incredibly intelligent with football. But with Peyton, I mean, that's the again, that's the Peyton that I understand, understand and know, and it's just so second nature that he cracks jokes. It's 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 invaluable, and I can't see this lasting only in this way yeah. much longer. Like this is going to be premium high high uh, 
high demand stuff. I agree with you about the guests. Actually, any guest threw me off, to be quite honest. I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't angry at it, but I wasn't prepared for it in a way that I, it never made me care. I didn't care for it because I'm getting what I'm getting with the the purpose of the show, to be quite honest. I, I like the decision of not having a host, but also not having a host when neither of the two people, neither Manning is really a host, makes it tough to have guests. Exactly. Exactly. In that, in that fourth block, when when Russell Wilson was on, like Peyton was consistently talking over, not intentionally, but consistently talking over Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. You need it, that perfectly said. That is another part that, again, I, I it didn't make me care more. I, I, if it wasn't for Russell Wilson's personal demeanor and his ability to actually be pretty captivating in that space as well, then I probably might have even gotten a little annoyed because the game was uh, an electric game and it was it was closing out with energy so that you know that part could have gotten annoying if it wasn't for Russell Wilson doing such a good job but yeah don't don't I don't think they need to rely on guests as much and the great point with the team I think I would probably flip back and forth or mute it um, yeah. because it's very hard for me to watch the I can't watch the Lions at a bar I can't it's very tough Agreed. I want to I want to actually pay attention to know what's going on. But also like I don't know, it's weird to have active players on that because like what are they really going to say? I don't know if you saw the Travis Kelsey stuff. It was kind of funny just because Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and he legitimately didn't know who he was playing next week and Peyton kept making fun of him because of it. <laughs> I but, didn't enjoy the the Kelsey thing at all outside of the how funny Peyton was in that scenario. I don't and that's the part I'm even even just not analysis, but I guess it would be when they're talking about players and in, in, in certain scenarios where you have to identify what's going on by what the player is capable of slash what they were supposed to do. It's so political at that point that I'm uninterested. Yeah. I'm so uninterested. I thought it was funny. I don't know if you were watching yet, but I thought it was funny. At one point, I think in the second quarter, uh, Eli says, all right, we've got a text coming in. Uh, it's our father, and he says, Peyton, stop scratching your head. <laughs> I didn't see that. But that is another reason why we watch this show. Come on. Yeah, Come on. No, That's I, uh, I, I will absolutely. Anytime. I, they're doing it 11 times out of 17, so it's not going to be every week. But it is the first three. I'll definitely be watching everyone. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice change of pace. Because quite frankly, I don't, I don't always hang out for all of that Monday night game. No, I, I definitely don't. And I mean... One thing that made me definitely want to find it outside of the, the Twitter stuff was Mike Tirico mentioned something about East and West, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm a little biased as I was a different type of runner, but that seems so antiquated as a, a critique on uh, gaining yards at this point yeah. and how the game is played that I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't want to sit through this anymore. Yeah, you're old news, Trico. <laughs> All right, let's get through this. Uh, the the Los Angeles Rams, uh, their quarterback's Matt Stafford, by the way, hmm. head to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Quarterback is Carson Wentz. So uh, each of us has a, a, a rooting disinterest in this game. <laughs> and Bavada has the Colts plus four at home. Yeah, give me the Rams to do build momentum. They're going to build first quarter of the season momentum, and these Colts are going to pay for it. And the Colts are who I figure they are to be. And they're going to continue to be that. What a disappointment this is going to be for Indianapolis fans. 
give me the the Rams here. I love the way they took shots and 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 were willing to stand on. This is the difference within the offense with Matt Stafford. That was the statement, and it was successful. It was a su- successful statement. Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots head to New York to take on the New York Football Jets, and Bavada has the Jets plus six at home. Uh, this isn't the year that the Pats will lose to the Jets. That is the that is the the analysis. And like you said, Mac Jones looked competent, looked strong. They'll figure it out and how to how to create points and how to stop uh red zone offense. They'll figure it out. So give me the Pats. Jameis Winston and those high-flying New Orleans Saints head to Carolina to take on Sammy Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. Bavada has the Panthers plus three and a half at home. Oh, great number. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. The Panthers are going to keep this close. They are going to keep this close. The Saints are coming back down to earth, but they will take the win. But uh, respect to the Panthers will be gained this week. But give me the Saints. I was happy to see... uh, Happy to see my guy Sammy D beating up on the Jets last week. You know, 24-35, 279 a score, no picks. Was smart about where he put the football. Looked like a different quarterback when you're not behind that Jets offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what we were feeling. It was our feeling, our football feeling. Like, Sam Donald deserves better, and he's got he's got better. And bad news for, for Zach Wilson and whoever is under center with the Jets. Makai Becton out six to eight weeks at left tackle. Sorry. I mean, you looked like you were running for your life. You made some plays, but, uh, man, sorry. Sorry, brother. The San Francisco 49ers head to Philadelphia to take on Jalen Hurts and those Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think it's too early to say Jalen Hurts is a future Hall of Famer. Bavada has the Eagles plus three and a half. My word. My word, what was going on in that Eagles game? Who is that team? Wow. Devonta Smith, very good football player. Turns out if you get good receivers, you get good receiver play. Mm, apples to apples. No, Jalen Hurts, you, to me, with Hurts, and, 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 and when I make this statement, I don't mean you will be, he will be terrible, but it's there's a 50-50 coin flip on serviceable to wow, this is our starter. And yeah. I mean, it landed it landed heads if heads is is that wow factor. And it's translating that leadership into execution. And he did that. And like you said, the weapons are there. Young weapons that have uh have already been toted as having high potential. Give me more of that. The the Niners surprisingly uh not prepared defensively do not be alarmed by the comeback by the Lions, but be alarmed by the... You didn't create a lot of turn. They were Those are self-inflicted right. things by the Lions. And offensively, they were sharp enough, don't get me wrong, but figure-outable. And then defensively, like, like I said, I was I was surprised at how, uh, how regular they looked. So I'm actually going to... Maybe I'm drinking it too soon, but like you said, he's a Hall of Famer. So let mm-hmm. me give me Eagles here. Yeah, I would be surprised if they didn't have a jacket ready for him next week. But yeah, yeah. Uh, And before the game, Philadelphia makes a, a large move by locking down their seventh-round pick lottery ticket of a couple of years ago. Jordan Maialata gets a, a brand-new contract that can pay him. You know, it's paying him 16 guaranteed a season, can be up to 20, 21 or something like that. So 
it's amazing that three years ago this guy had never played football before. There's an unbelievable uh, like mini documentary on on Jordan Mailata from when he was he was at IMG as part of the international program. Is the first time he ever stepped onto a football field. There's a hilarious part when he's in the he's in the locker room and they're they're fitting him for his helmet and stuff. And they they put the helmet on. the The trainer asks, "How's it feel? Does that feel good?" And he's like, honestly, this is the first time I've ever worn a helmet. I don't know how it's supposed to feel. <laughs> like, ma'am. <laughs> and now look at him. That's pretty cool, man. I'm going to check that out. That's pretty cool. Now he's a six foot eight, 370 pound bookend mm-hmm. left tackle. Yeah. And it, he's, it is the Australian superstar Philadelphia was promised. Just not the one we expected. <laughs> Who wouldn't want one? Just so not the one, yeah, and you can only have one at a time, apparently. Exactly, so. and that's the that's the point. <laughs> the uh, there you go. The Atlanta Falcons head to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A most predictable outcome ever in that mm-hmm. Bucks game this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Bavada has the Bucks minus twelve and a half. The Bucks look great. I'm so happy that Antonio Brown is playing at a high level. I'm so happy. I know we hate him, but I love how he plays football. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy to witness that. The Falcons are so bad. They're not good. They are not a good football team. I'm I'm very very annoyed by it. Give me the Bucks here. I think uh, the Falcons are gonna. We're gonna look at them like we look at the Bears right now, right now, having passed on Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying that Justin Fields and Mac Jones are gonna be Mahomes and Watson, but it's it's gonna be tough to look back and say, oh, I passed on those guys so I could grab a 20 year old tight end. My God, and the fact that, yeah, give him some, give him some downs, give him some games, but I didn't see Waller esque. So uh. he's a he's an incredible physical specimen. He's just you know he's a twenty year old. That's yeah. it's it's as I get older, it's weirder and weirder to say that. Like especially in the NBA, yeah, like these guys who are getting drafted, you're you're Cade Cunningham, for example. It's like basically the same age as as Alexis little brother. Like yeah, no, it's these are these are they're adults, but these are these are kids, man. These are like I can't stress that enough like what? Also, I stand by my uh, my belief that boys don't become adults until they're 25 years old. Hey man, I mean there's probably more science than we like to to believe that uh backs that up but you know the society we live in will suppress that and make <laughs> but yeah no if you want to look you sports you sports is that indicator For because real. it takes a while that's why the kobe's and the kevin garnett's and the lebron's obviously are so impressive like you really really have to take a step back and say that is not the norm like as an adult have you ever interacted with a, a college male and thought oh that's an adult Oh my gosh, no. Oh my no. gosh, no. You're like, he's going to do some stupid shit tonight. Yeah, like, leave me alone <laughs> while you're doing that shit. Or be as far enough away. If you're close to me, I'm going to rain on your parade. I promise. For real. I promise. Um, the Minnesota Vikings head to Arizona to take on Kyler Murray, Chandler Jones, and those Arizona Cardinals. Bavada has the Cardinals minus four at home. Give me more Cardinals. What a squad. I... I've 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 turned I've turned full 180 on this team. Three it took three years, three years of some change. I'm a believer. Give me the cards. Five sacks, week one for Chandler Jones. That'll slow down. 
Uh, yeah, I would think so. I would think <laughs> that's so. All, that's all I he's probably he's what would that what's that's uh, he he wouldn't get he's not going to get eighty five sacks this season. <laughs> He'll fall slightly short. Yeah, probably Painful. tops out in the low seventies. <laughs> that's a crazy number though. And Kyler looked unbelievable. He looked Kyler. It, it's so funny watching Kyler. He just he's so he's such a he's such a a little pipsqueak as it were. It's never going to change. That's what no. I'm realizing too. Is like. It's never going to be that expectation, so it's it's going to feel impressive every time. He's just—he literally looks like a high school kid who's playing in, on a foot on a pro football field. Yeah, he reminds me of that the, little that little kid. Remember the little kid that was just super dominant? There was a little running back. He looks like that kid, like the exact size of that kid. Right, that league. kid. That kid is already old, better than all of the adults and all of the older kids he's playing with. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. The Dallas Cowboys head to Los Angeles to take on Justin Herbert and those Los Angeles Chargers. Bavada has the Chargers minus three. Ooh, well, the Cowboys need to figure out what they're going to do with their multi-million dollar running back. Yeah. And they need to figure it out fast because if he's not an integral part of the offensive production, then you can expect to be in some losing ball games. Now, the way the defense played last week, you better not be banking on that. So kudos to just how they played. Let's not take that away. Not mm-hmm. happening this week. Not happening. Justin Herbert looks a little scary in a positive way. So give me the Chargers here. Cowboys, please wake up. All right. I have to say something. I'm trying not to throw up. Credit to Zeke <laughs> for, look, 11 carries, 33 yards. Not a big part of the game, but... He was nothing short of spectacular in terms of blitz pickup. He, while he didn't put up the numbers, he, he, I would argue he was actually an integral part of that offense because he was the guy that kept Dak off the ground quite a bit. So good for him for staying, keeping his head in the game, doing, doing the dirty work when he's not getting the ball. And that's the last I can say positive about Ezekiel Elliott. Wow, you got all that out, barf bag, to your right. I threw up. There you go. No, you're, you're, you're right. I, I, I more so mean production, but you're right. Ladanian Tomlinson-esque protection, like Pro Bowl protection. And it was credited. It's just that's that type of ball game. It's going to be few and far between, but you got to keep Dak alive and upright. So I guess by any means there. The Tennessee Titans head to Seattle to take on Russell Wilson and those Seattle Seahawks. Bavada has the Seahawks minus five and a half. Yeah, Titans implosion. It's happening. I'm blaming Corona. Give me the Seahawks. Uh, I believe it's David Correa, but uh, that's that's how that's pronounced. Uh, No, it's going to be interesting to see who Derrick Henry is this year. I think Henry started off like eight carries for eight yards, something like that. Ended up uh, the next nine went for 50, so a little more normal. But it, we just need to see what Derrick Henry we're getting this year because as Henry goes, so goes the Titans. And 58 yards on 17 carries is what gets you a 23-point uh, loss to the Cardinals. Yes. And I, and I also credit the Cardinals for, for the pace and what they bring. So It's true. Uh, Seahawks can do something similar, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's like the Aaron Jones thing to some degree where they were just down so much they couldn't commit to the running game. But that if you're a team who is a running team and you can't run the ball, you're probably not going to win. You're not going to win. 
Uh, Sunday night football. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, and Bavada has the Ravens plus three and a half at home. Ooh, what a turn. What a turn against that abysmal Ravens defense. They Were they playing with nine guys at times? <laughs> at one point, the Falcons were playing with 14. So that... <laughs> That, that was so, different. So so poorly coached. Like I could I could probably slide in into a defensive package with the way the coaches were. I believe that. <laughs> no, the Ravens 0-2 start, and that's just how it's going to have to be because they would have to have been coming off one of their best games to feel empowered against this Chiefs team, and they're not. And the Chiefs take advantage of stuff like that. Give me the Chiefs. I, I, I hope, I really hope they figure out how to protect the uh the back end of that secondary because man it's ugly well here you go we had that long conversation earlier about the peyton and eli broadcast and little did i realize that your detroit lions were playing the green bay packers in green bay monday night this week bavada has the packers minus 11 Mm, another i mean we'll earn it we'll earn it from bavada give me the packers here because Aaron Rodgers could throw up one of those Hail Marys in the middle of the field, and we're just not prepared to take advantage at this point. But it'll be closer than 11 if you want to win some money. I think it will definitely be closer than 11, but give me the Packers here to win. I am uh, I'm just scared that we're going to get the, the bounce-back game from Aaron Rodgers. This is going to be like a six-touchdown game. I mean, it's the Lions, and, and, and Aaron Rodgers loves to play the Lions. So I can see that, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, we, we talked about it earlier. What What's the decision? Are you going to be watching Mike Tirico or are you going to be watching Peyton Manning? I don't like this because it came so soon, but <laughs> I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to tune in to the Peyton, the, the Manning and see how long it takes me to, to yell at the screen, yell at one of them <laughs> to tell and tell them to shut up. It's just, it's, it's just so much fun and it, it's so interesting to to just hear Peyton Manning talk about football so casually throwing out like such high level concepts. Like, you know, we're just talking about like you and I were talking about Marvel movies before we started recording. Mm. Yeah. It, off the tongue, top of the head. Easy. You're identifying moving pieces in a way that makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. It's so impressive. I love it, man. All right. Well, uh, another week, another week of surefire locks from Mario Hines. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed week one. Looking forward to week two. Uh, this has been this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. See you back here next time.